Hello, love. You're right. You're right, me petal. You're right, sweetie. <laughs> You're like my little pom bear. <laughs> little pom bear. Pom bears. You're right, my little pomeranian. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, my little dislocated pomegranate. Okay, that's too specific. And that makes you so fine to me. Yeah, you don't believe in astrology. Oh my God, you are so sexy. Welcome to Hitched on the Astral, the podcast exploring the effectiveness of matchmaking through the lens of natal astrology. Hello my angels, welcome back. It is Lucy Porter here, your resident evolutionary astrologer, psychic, high priestess and long-term student of relationships, attachment and tantra. How fun was last week's episode? Oh, it was ridiculous. It was so funny. (laughs) Very funny. Just as we expected, we found a couple which were very similar. I mean, painfully similar astrologically, but just at different stages for a love match. But they had a great time together. Loads of synchronicities and a friendship. But this week we have our fabulous new match, Laurel and Hardy. (laughs) What? A.K.A. Freddie and Diana. Why are you calling them Laurel and Hardy? Because one is English and one's American and they're a team. This next couple are like a team. I kind of feel like they take on the world together. Like there's no competition, just union. What do you think? Let me ask you, Jordana. What do you think is the most important thing in a relationship? Well, yeah, because I'm obviously the person to ask. (laughs) You're the only one here, babe, so... It's on Um, you. Give us one of your bejeweled pieces of wisdom. All right, here it is, plucked fresh from my ancient mind. (laughs) Any relationship based on mutual trust and respect and honesty Mm -hmm. offers a gateway to freedom within that relationship, whatever that relationship might be, which sounds hella dry. But my Venus and Sarge would like to highlight the importance of letting each other grow within that relationship and having the freedom to do so, which requires that, you both trust one another Mm -hmm. that you're not acting from ego you know being defensive or controlling which includes respecting one another's attachment styles and trauma and all of that so that there's an understanding of the reasons that we might sometimes act out and it offers space to talk about it or you know not talk about it whatever you're comfortable with but you know romantic relationships are especially triggering so I think as long as that respect and trust is established pretty early on and you're being as honest as you possibly can, you're probably doing all right. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I hear you 100% to everything you said. I think that it's personal for everyone and it's just based upon their own core needs, right? Mm-hmm. So for some people, I think the most important thing is maintaining a sense of personal identity, I'm sure for you, Sag Venus, mm-hmm. and their own personal identity being encouraged like our next couple. You know something that I see in the chart that I think kind of correlates to this is planets being retrograde because I see them as like a slightly fragmented piece of the psyche which needs reclaiming. And often people who have strong retrogrades, especially in personal planets, they need extra encouragement to be themselves and find themselves. Actually, I mean, not to blow my own trumpet here, Though obviously it's one of the things that I'm best at. Good. I actually have no 
retrograde planets in my chart. So I have no idea what it is like living with that. Jordana, you don't have any retrograde in your chart. Not a one. I've got loads. Commiserations, babe. Well, thanks, hon. I mean, <laughs> what can I say? I'm an old soul encoded with many fragmented past lives. Tis the way of the warrior. That's how it is. Love it. I think also people don't really, people don't know what a planet retrograding means. There's no hype when Mercury and Gatorade comes around, which by the way, in total, including shallow periods, either side of the actual retrograde is for six months of the year. So that half the year we spend every year with Mercury retrograde. It's really not such a disaster. Don't believe the hype. <laughs> I think generally people know that transit means communication or technology errors and exes returning out the deep, dark depths, but not much else about what we mean when we say other planets are retrograding. Like we've got a Pluto retrograde coming up later this year. And I think also Saturn yeah. is going retrograde as well, which is going to be fun. Dear God. But brace yourselves <laughs> but people talk about it like it's seeming that the planet is moving backwards though of course it doesn't actually move backwards does it no it just appears to be it's not even stationary it's just retrograde i mean i think that with all of astrology we know that it's it's intensely symbolic you know and retrogrades they're intensely symbolic of retrieval soul retrieval reclaiming so they're actually really empowering for becoming more whole through the picking up of lost parts kind of like dream work or something like that it's almost as if i feel like you have to go back to go forward and we can apply it to a planet it's so easy to understand right so retrograde venus there are old wounds around safely receiving or a nicely aspected is an old soul who's loved many times and can retrieve that wisdom, etc. But I think personal retrogrades are gateways to wholeness and collective retrogrades, like, for example, the big Mercury retrograde or Pluto retrograde, means that we all have to work together, not bypass societal happenings, slow down, reevaluate. So our next couple, they've got retrogrades in both of their charts yes so laurel and hardy aka freddie and diana they may be across the pond but their spirits are definitely connected you love setting people up who aren't in the same country it's my ninth house stellium make them travel for love yeah it's like let's fall in love in the liminal space between mm, well that's quite beautiful thank you okay dish signs aspects let's go okay so let's start with freddie they have a lot going on in their chart around individuality, personal identity, self-expression and becoming. Like, I feel like Freddie is a, a coming of age film, right? Oh, I love that. <laughs> Freddie has, right, here we go, Sun, Moon, Mars and South Node all conjunct in Aries in the first house. Oh, little baby. Such a sweet young spirit. I get the sense that Freddie has like super strong emotions, a deeply courageous spirit. It's like they're driven by emotional instinct and intuition. And for Freddie, it's like acting on that emotional impulse is a well-trodden path for them. They've got the moon and Mars directly on the south node past life shit this is a person who spent many lifetimes fighting for a cause especially around freedom movement and expression and younger people an advocate for younger people oh yes yes i love that love a freedom fighter power to the people you're too much <laughs> liberation jordana here we go again we have another bloody match 
where basically their entire chart is on their ascendant. It's like everybody like, who applied to this experiment is seeking structure in personal identity. It's a big part of everyone's path. So Diana is an Aquarius and she's got Venus, Neptune, Sun, Uranus, Jupiter, South Node and Mars on the ascendant first house. So interesting. Everyone's got so much in the first. I think we definitely need to look into this. I think so too. I think so too. I've never seen so much on the ascendant and we know, of course, because you have quite a lot on your ascendant too, that the ascendant's all about identity. Mm-hmm. So Diana's chart is really all about identity, a bit like Freddie's, right? For her, though, I mean, there's just this like super concentration around liberation, freedom of expression, identity, humanity. Who am I in the scheme of things? How can I help? How can I equalize another advocate, right? Both of these two, their choices stem from a desire to make some kind of change through their own identity and commitment to the world. Both have active, active, active belief systems and hold quite a lot of pain, actually, ancestrally and karmically. How can we tell that in the chart? So we'll start with the good stuff, the good karma. Diana has Neptune and Venus on her ascendant. So this is like deeply spiritual, loves in a cosmic way. It shows an enormous capacity for big love and union. And I see like past life tantrica vibes. However, she has her Neptune at 29 degrees and we know that is a shadow degree. So it can show a past life abuse of spiritual power. It can make a person very wary of hierarchy, especially spiritual hierarchy. And she also has a wounding on her father line, Chiron on the MC and the moon directly on the MC. So there's a strong connection to the father's mother and there can be an ancestral play out there if if there is wounding on that line unprocessed. 29 degrees, eh? The degree of fate. Yeah, which is normally indicative of yeah karmic lessons or something significantly life-changing. It's so interesting that it's her Neptune that's 29 degrees because this is all happening for her in Pisces season. Mm-hmm. Just saying it, it seems a little bit fated. Yeah, yeah, it's a misty sliding doors moment. Before we go any further, do you have any planets at 29 degrees? My ascendant is 29 degrees. <gasps> and your descendant? yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, I've got my, what do I have? I've got my Mars. I mean, that's, you literally have a fated sense of personal and relational identity. Yeah, very much. I love that. I love fate. Yeah, I mean, I love, of course we do. Look at us. Look what we're fucking doing. (laughs) Engineering. (laughs) You know, Freddie also has a lot on their belief system lines. They have Chiron on the DC, on the descendant, right? Mm. So, there's a similarity there. There's a past life pain around love and union, like it's not safe or you can't trust it. This is old, old, old. Chiron's always old. And they also have Saturn on the ascendant. So there's a similarity between these two, like a past life contraction around their individuality and some externalized suppression around yeah, themselves, their individuality. Okay, so both of them really do need a relationship that's going to encourage their individuality specifically above everything else 100 percent. that is the most important thing in both of their charts and i think that they can also both provide it for somebody else they have i mean on a positive note they have really compatible venuses freddie's is gemini and diana's capricorn which we know power couple venus signs one million 
it's fantastic everybody thinks gemini and capricorn how will they get along like how are those placements connected but i think they're fantastic together i think that they are the they're the two signs that if they come together take over the world yes right yeah like laurel and hardy yeah. they took over the world <laughs> <laughs> they will kill you they will steal your crown <laughs> but you said they have retrograde planets so where are the where are the, where are the <laughs> so freddie has chiron so this is that wound is very 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 old oh and pluto freddie has chiron and pluto so there's quite a lot of narrative there and diana has venus so i get the sense that these two will just be really nice to each other and be like each other's cheerleaders. I get really tender vibes and a genuine connection with lots of like sweetness, a warm strength, I would call it. But this is one thing is that they both have earth sign Mercuries. Okay. So these two will not take any shit. And do you know what they need, Jordana? What do they need? A rigorously embodied game. A rigorous game. Okay. <laughs> So before I get to the game, I need their North Nodes. You know I'm a North Node bitch. Yeah, I know. You're a North Node bitch. I think I'm a South Node bitch. Definitely. Thank you. So get this. Freddie's North Node is in Libra, babe. Seventh house. Romantic relationship as a Dharmic path. Love that. Diana. Babe. North Node, seventh house, Virgo. Oh, my God. Again. So these two are here underlined in italic for union, but in slightly different ways. So both will be magnetized to relationships where they have a strong sense of personal identity and boundary. I like it. What's the game? Okay. Rigorous game. Get this. A scavenger hunt. So they have about half a minute to find a list of items. Then they're going to bring them to the screen to discuss, which is great because it's active. But, you know, they have to think on the spot. So it's instinctual. They've not got time to plan it. It's going to allow them to expand on their individuality, gives mm-hmm. them to bring out some really good stories, you know, with whatever item that they've picked or just have a bit of a laugh with what they've managed to grab in the time. That's that's my favourite game so far. Is it really? Yeah, I mean, it's a scavenger hunt yeah. over Zoom Better. across the pond. Again, different continents. Mm-hmm. How about you call it a continental scavenger hunt? Conti- oh, a continental Inter- scavenger Intercontinental scavenger hunt. Cultural. So lastly, mm-hmm. compatibility out of 10 if you had to rate them. Oh, I love a rating, as you know, and Do? I get really good vibes from these two, apart from their intercontinental difference oh. in location. I give them an 8.5. 8.5? Mm-hmm. That's pretty high. I know. Let's hear how these two lovebirds got on. And what will they say when they spill the beans to Jordana? Can't wait to find out! <laughs> I love that everything ends with some crackling roar from you. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. You're the scavenger. I know. <laughs> and the hunter, famously. Oh. If you had to like do like a elevator pitch about yourself, like what would it be? <laughs> hey, I'm Diana. I'm 23 from New York. Uh, um, I like movies, bike riding. Um, no, cooking is really eating food, hospitality, cooking is really my whole main shtick. Yeah. Um, I really wish I had something more interesting, but I started a cooking business when I, when I was 12. So. You were, sorry. Like, I started a cookie 
business when I was 12. No way. Uh, just like slinging cookies to my peers and teachers and did platters for the local library. But just, uh, yeah, so that's really, it's that's like your main thing. Um, but no, I like to go out, try new things. Uh, I guess I'm adventurous. Yeah. And I, that's my elevator pitch. Hi, I'm 24. Um, I live in London. Um, I live alone, which is rare for London. Uh, I like cooking. I like eating. Um, I like to travel when we're allowed. I would say I'm also really adventurous, maybe like a little bit impulsive. Uh, but I'm also like super, super, super chill at the same time it's kind of like i'm either gonna do something really impulsive or i'm just gonna not do anything i'm really interested in talking about people's problems i don't know like i don't, I, <laughs> <laughs> I like getting down to like the nitty gritty of stuff like i'm not afraid to like talk about trauma and stuff like that um i make a lot of shit jokes <laughs> yeah Sick jokes, yeah. <laughs> I mean, what is humor like? What is humor if, or like, what is okay? Trauma responding if not by humor. There we go. Yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah. My therapist. <laughs> no, everything is. Are like, you uh, gonna like keep joking about that, or are you gonna take it seriously? And I'm like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> me joking about it is taking it seriously because if I didn't want to talk about it, then I wouldn't be bringing it up. Exactly, but I can't bring it up without making it a joke. So, <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah, yep, yeah, I'm with you there. <laughs> uh, that's interesting. <laughs> that's interesting. You said impulsive but chill because I feel like I'm kind of the same way too. Just you know. If I get a text at like 10 o'clock to say come out, that's probably not going to happen. But if somebody's like, if like while we're out, say, hey, let's go to, I don't know, I'm not going to say jump off a bridge, but jump off a bridge and be like, yeah, let's, yeah, let's yeah, do it. Yeah, that's exactly me. That is exactly me. It seems like we had like some similar experiences growing up, like not the same, but like mm -hmm. enough to be like, wow, that's weird. Um, and like a similar sense of humor and yeah it was it was really nice do you think that there were any kind of standout moments or or things that really stood out to you yeah it, like when we were we were both talking about um like making trauma funny um <laughs> and that that was really cool because it kind of was like oh yeah we're on the same page with this and then we were just able to kind of like have a laugh about it yeah. Awesome. Yeah, Freddie's really cool. Yeah, they're, I, I don't know, I, I didn't have any expectations, because, um, I don't know, that's just the type of person I am going into a situation like this, but, um, no, they were, they were awesome, and, I don't know, conversation just flowed naturally. Uh, am I, am I still, go am I still gone? No, you're back, you're back, you're back, you're back. That, I made, like, a really good bad joke, too. Oh, shit. <laughs> I know, it's, call me Elsa, because I'm frozen. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah. Now, how, did, how was your childhood? Um, how was my childhood? I was also chunky. Great, great adjective. Um, Thank you. But also I had the combined combo of 
being extremely tall at the same time. Um, so I'm Ooh, six foot yes. two, um, and I've been six foot two since I was like 13. Like the first 13 years of my life was just me like growing upwards and outwards. Obviously like people, like teenagers, like, oh, you're like not normal. So, you know, let's torment you. So that was, that was my like kind of school thing. So that, that kind of sucked. Um, and I also like, was super mature for my age like that kind of whole thing also was like I'm not normal no one understands me I'm super 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 social and like like to talk to people and make friends with people and stuff so I was kind of like a like a social chameleon I guess like I would like go around like all the different um friend groups um I spent like most of my teenage years like super logged on like I had every single social media. As soon as a new social media was released, I was on it. Like I was the first person in my year group to get Facebook. You know, just, I was just online. I had an emo phase, but having like really curly hair doesn't really fit the whole like side bang thing. No. But I tried, I had like shoulder length curly hair with like a side, we call it a fringe, like a side fringe that I would straighten with hair straighteners. Yeah, it was so bad and then like oh no it was so bad and then if I would sweat like it would start to curl again so it just like it was oh my god it was so cringe and then like I kept dyeing it and then it was like falling out and I was like ah so that was fun yeah even just based on charts too the interests were still there and um like not i'll say same upbringing but same experiences too it's yeah because you, you um, had quite yeah, similar definitely. experiences growing up didn't you yes yeah we did which was surprising it's not often you you find that similarity okay nitty-gritty stuff you like to talk about that hmm what's popping <laughs> nitty-gritty style yeah uh, like, well, I, yeah like what how how did you like grow up? Like what's what's that vibe? Like <laughs> not like did you have a great childhood, but like <laughs> <laughs> like what I don't know. Like, like did you have a great childhood? Yeah. Yeah, no, I I don't know. I think like most like middle class white children, my problems were like super bare, like super minimal, and obviously I made them a really big deal. Yeah. Um no, I was chunky. I just thought people hated me because I was chunky. Uh -huh. um also having like a real like interest as a kid kind of i'm very fortunate that i was able to like kind of nurture and grow that and was i don't know my i was not relating to my peers at all mm -hmm. we'll say that so um that's really how i got into cooking and baking because i wasn't like hanging out with people friday saturday night and so i just like make treats for my family and <laughs> Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'm chunky. I thought I was bullied because of that. I think I was just, like, really freaking weird. Um, and, like, mature for my age. Oh, I'm with you. Wait, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, that was my childhood, really. Huh. Did, you, did you have, like, any, like, teenage phases? My, so what I thought was an emo phase was really just, like, side bangs in, in front of my face. Yeah. And wearing shirts, I... Oh my god, I mean, my friend just found my old Tumblr, and she did the stalking for me. When, you know, I was coding the HTMLs for every- yeah. Yeah. I deleted all my Facebook photos, so I got the archive of what I didn't. Mm. A lot of bangs, a lot of, like, 
rants about like not being normal <laughs> how normal is boring and nobody gets me yeah oh, you know that type of like and then um i was in a jewish youth group that's uh-huh. the youth cult that i like to say that i was in okay um and i like didn't follow one of the rules and they yelled at me so i quit the dances were just people making out on the dance floor and seeing as though I wasn't getting any and very jealous and upset about that. I would just take pictures of me- selfies with me and people hooking up. And I was like, <laughs> my feet, Are you my Cuba? Are you yes. at house parties? Like, yes. I would just be, it would just be me, like, and then, like, someone just, like, making out behind me. Yeah. Yeah. It, so it made you feel so much better. Yeah. I'd like to say, I like to think, like, obviously all that bullying and whatever is uh, character building. Totally. They do it for, you know, to build character, to make us more better, funnier people. Yeah, literally. literally. And, like, there, there are people who, like, didn't go through shit in, like, school or adolescence, and then they get to their 20s, and then they suddenly, like, have a crisis, and I'm like, babe, I've been doing this for years. <laughs> You need help. All you gotta do is joke about it. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Come on, right. Get to my level. <laughs> right. <laughs> we'll teach you how. We have like decades of experience now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what were your kind of first impressions? Um, I was like surprised that she was in the US. Mm-hmm. Um, that was like, oh wow, okay, I wasn't expecting that. Um. I just like it, it was really nice like because because I, I tend to be like quite outgoing mm-hmm. i was kind of expecting to have to like i don't know like be super outgoing and like keep the conversation going but like she was like just on it um it, did she use she her pronouns by the way yes yeah um yeah so she was just like really on it and just like super friendly and funny um and confident, and I, and I really liked that. Um, that was that was really nice. It, it put me at ease because um, it felt like we were on an even playing field. They seem really open, and um, they're a good conversationalist, which is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually, I find that I'm the one that's leading conversations normally. Uh, um, I don't know what the situation is like in New York at the minute, but here is uh, epic lockdown at the minute. I don't know. I'm a um, student at art school. It's really hands off anyway, but now like it's even more hands off. So I'm kind of just like rolling around my flat, like not really doing a lot. That's like a loaded question right now, too, because the world is pretty much locked down. I mean, it should still be locked down until, yeah. you know, we get all the case numbers down. But yeah, it's an interesting time to ask that, too. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. It's like rolling around my flat and... <laughs> Sorry, apartment. Like trying... Yeah, no, I throw things in the bin. <laughs> I watch some Love Island and I've been listening to a lot of books with English like authors so I get the lingo okay, uh, <laughs> it's a loaded question now so I feel like that's I don't know whatever you do that's to make you happy that's good enough yeah what about you yeah. I actually started a business during COVID so that's been a good excuse to how to how I been spending my time just been working we uh it's I do a food or food that is sustainably locally sourced and 
like Michelin style that's more local to or like easily accessible for the community. The weather's been nicer, so I try to go outside, but that's obviously difficult. Are you a chef then? Yeah, so I'm a chef, just been working in hospitality my whole life. My friend and I lost our jobs. Instead of complaining, we were like, let's just use our privilege and do something like good with it. And yeah. here we are. Yeah, so if you ever if you ever come to New York, you have good food at least now. Yes, <laughs> that's so good. That's yeah. Like, yeah, it's really funny because I've also worked in hospitality like my whole adult life. And I love to cook, not a chef. But especially like COVID is really... I don't know I just got so into food over COVID and like making I got I'm more of a baker I got really into I did the whole sourdough thing and and it's been it's been really fun and like trying out like new ways of cooking and just having the time to be able to make nice stuff is is really good right especially since food is such a big form of comfort that in a time where everybody's locked down and they can't really go out and do anything but we still have to eat it's a good excuse as to start cooking more and trying new things and Mm. so it's good it's fun i i also got into making bread during all this Mm -hmm. still no not anymore but (laughs) i I still keep my starter that's good that's something oh nice yeah i don't cook for myself really just like a lot of bread and butter Um, honestly that is the best meal that is the god tier meal yes exactly you don't really need anything else you just take a hot pan add some butter toast your bread salt that's it that's that's all i go sometimes i like get into phases where especially if i'm stressed like i had to write like a really big thing for uni like a month ago I literally ate bread for every meal and I was like I don't even care this is good I feel fulfilled. <laughs> exactly exactly I, I have a friend that's been doing making bread and doing like deliveries every week uh-huh. and I usually like, portion it out so I have like a you know a slice of meat a slice a day I mean sometimes it's a little bit more than one like, <laughs> yeah. like, who, who yeah. cares? Exactly. exactly exactly my guilty pleasure now though has been adding ch- chocolate chips to it and then letting it melt and then oh, some more salt. That sounds unreal. <laughs> oh, yeah. now, now you know what's up your little breakfast or midnight snack game. Yeah. And it, it's no any more steps than doing bread and butter. <laughs> sort of significant incompatibilities. No, not necessarily. I don't mm-hmm. think so. Other than, you know, the fact that the Atlantic Ocean is like <laughs> yeah. in between. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just a big body of water. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, I guess the only incompatibility mm. would be the distance. So you said you do art. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or that, right? Not you do art. What's the proper wording for that one? But what's your medium? Do you have like a specific medium or? Yeah, it's funny because I think COVID has kind of just ruined it for me. Because I was like mostly like a video artist. So I make weird little videos. Um, and oh. also... Um, I'm part of like a collective and we do um, like performance, like immersive performance kind of. Have you, have you been like dating during this panny, during this panorama? <laughs> during the panny day? Um, yeah. <laughs> kind of. I mean, I was in like a, a long term relationship um, until just before lockdown two. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm kind of like living my single life at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I I have a bit. Um, just usually the apps um, that we're really yeah. I'm only on for entertainment purposes. Um, 
but nothing really, n no like mm -hmm. serious yeah. looking. Right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Lack of social contract, nothing is real. What else have I been saying? We're all gonna die at some point. Yeah, nothing matters, it. right? Let's just have fun. Let's just have fun. Yeah, that is exactly let's, my mindset. Yep. Let's ride out the vibes. The vibes, baby. <laughs> Pure vibes. I have to ask, all important question. Would you go on a second date? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Based on, you know, what we would talk about on a first date, I would the a second one is definitely in the cards. I'm sorry, but their date was just so it was so wholesome. I've just gotta say now, we all know it, okay, but it is true. Queer people are just more interesting. All right. No, Jordana, I mean if I didn't think it before, I do now because it was so incredible to hear how they related and that they'd had so many similar experiences mm. and they got on so well and it was a definite success yeah such a success like the other ones have been we've we've had a good success rate but this one is like they want to see each other again yeah. they want to go on a second date absolutely i mean diana said it before i could even ask i love it i love it yes Yes. yes. Second date, absolutely. It's funny, isn't it? Because, yeah, the other people were like, yeah, we got on, cool. But these two are like, yes, I actively want to pursue a second date with this babe. <laughs> oh, yes. my God. It got my cogs a-turning, that did. <laughs> the only thing they said, the only problem, your cogs a-turning. Did you like that? I loved Thank it. You. I, I loved it. I loved it. What did they say? What it. was the only thing that they said? The only incompatibility Ooh. for both of them. Oh, the same. Distance, oh, what, Lucy. What, that's exactly what we said. You've got to stop setting people up on intercontinental dates. Listen, would you rather date someone round the corner who is a four out of ten? Yes. Or would you rather date someone in the South Sudan that is a ten out of ten? Well, you know how much I love <laughs> keeping it global. Yeah, me too. Um, but I also like keeping it local. So, Pro local produce. Yeah, no, I get that biodynamic, grown with the moon. It's actually really bad that I do sort of exclusively date people in North London that, because it's way more convenient. You literally just don't want to be available for relationships. Not really, no. That's all it is. <laughs> I think that the only, the only way that is possible is if we had tens of thousands of applicants yes. to match people locally. So you'd need... Probably other people reading charts as well, because... We'd, well, it'd have to be a whole operation, not just us. Not just us. And, I mean, we're not, we're not matching people to wed. We're just creating connections. And, you know, exactly. what people do with that is their choice at the them. end of the day. But, I mean, if I was single and matched with a babe from Minnesota, I'd sort something out. You'd get over I'd that. I'd be there in a shake of a lamb's tail. <laughs> On a one way. Oh my god, you are so sexy. Hey, babe. What are you doing? How are you feeling today? Are you affected by the planet's locations? Do you know if Mercury's a retrograde? Do you care if it is near a constellation? Really? I know, and afterwards that I'm like, oh my god, I literally feel like so nourished by this groundbreaking thing I've done. Like, <laughs> what the hell? Isn't it weird what gets you going? 
I know it's so strange, isn't it? But I feel that way too. I was like, I honestly don't think I ever need to date again. No. I feel so fantastic just like listening into these people and knowing that they're making really fantastic connections. So true. I know it's a priority now. 